July 17, 2023. It's a Watt for Pedro show. <laughs> For Pedro Show, happy Monday. Start off John Coltrane doing Chasing the Train. This is a live excerpt for November 22, 1962. Then we had from Blood Rhythms on John Cage's first prepared piano, people, so I'm led to believe. Zeris Height, number two. And uh, yeah, because of those Skype. Invention from those Estonian software engineers I got with me. Starvo. Zylo. 
Welcome aboard. Thanks very much for having me. I look forward to it. Yeah, now we got to thank right away uh, Leslie for the connect. Leslie Kiefer. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested in your journey through music. So can you we start with you bringing me your earliest musical memory? My, my, my earliest memory as a, at all, the, the first memory I have is uh, listening to Twisted Sister. I, I, somebody was playing Twisted Sister, We're Not Gonna Take It, on, on uh, the radio, and I didn't know what to do with it. I was, I was probably two years old or something, maybe earlier. But, uh, yeah, I was, I was sitting in a chair, and I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I didn't know how to, you know, headbang or dance. So I was sort of, like, wanting to shake to it or tremble to it or something. That's honestly my first memory, not even just music, but my first memory at all. So they kind of coincided. Yeah, definitely. And anyway, I think music is a fucking almost inherent connect with uh, us being uh, knowing that we're alive. J- just my guess. Pad you grew Absolutely. up in. Oh, horrible. The, the, the pad you grew up in, was there musical instruments? Uh, no, but um, I spent a lot of time at my grandparents' house and they had record players. I, I, don't, I don't know how popular this was ever, but they had record players that would be able to play things on repeat, like singles on repeat. So I could put a stack of singles and it would play them on repeat. And uh, that, that was, it had to be a big influence on me because I was down there listening to the same record over and over again. And, and you know, I was five years old playing pool or something. And um, I still don't, I've never seen another one. I don't know if it's, it's a, it's a warped memory or something, but uh, that's the closest to a music instrument I was ever around as a kid is, is a turntable. So you're saying infinite loop kind of experience. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've always been the type of person to listen to music on repeat. So, uh, well, you know, there's I some think... records that are mastered with a closed groove. In fact, you know, when they're mastering, when they're cutting the uh, thing that's going to make the mother that they make stampers out of. So, yeah, it'll keep playing over. And then there's another trick you can do. Do you remember this band, uh, comedy troupe, Monty Python? They had this <laughs> record called. Match and tie and handkerchief or some shit, I can't remember. But it actually had three sides, because two of the sides were on the same side, depending on where you dropped that needle. Yeah, I know about those. The yeah, cheese I, shop, I, I, right? I think it's that skit, the cheese shop. So so let me ask you this. What about school? Were you in the marching band or the choir or shit like that? No, I, I, I never joined any groups uh, officially, but um, I, uh, I I did get a... I, I got a... Uh, a drum kit. I, I wanted to play drums. I'd always, you know, tapped my fingers or tapped uh, uh, pencils on desks and stuff like that. And I eventually thought that I wanted to play drums, but uh, I never, for the longest time, I didn't have a place to practice. So there was maybe a, a six months period of time where I was able to practice. I never got, I never got good at it. And then my, my parents moved uh, the, 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 the drum set got in storage and I never got around to getting a practice space. So it was a short period of time where I was a, a trying to be a drummer but that was long enough for me to join a band uh hoping we eventually get a practice spot um so um yeah i was going to ask you did you go through the it seems like almost everybody nowadays has some years where the bedroom band the basement band the garage band right you get together with your buddies and you start jamming it it's usually at the drummy's house so you don't have to wait for tearing down and building up. And also maybe the parents are a little more tolerant because if they can take that bam, bam shit, right? 
Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, that makes sense. But uh, that didn't happen for me until I was out of high school. But when I was in high school, yeah, uh, what, what we ended up doing was electronics. And that was kind of how I started really with experimental music is, uh, you know, we realized we didn't have a practice space. So there were there were electronic uh, chord machines around and I was just going to try to work for some kind of percussion section. Uh, I was trying to learn how to program, but I was always too abstract to even begin to to keep it. You know, I, I've never been a, a good metronome. I'm always kind of out there and spacing out on things and stuff. You're, so you're, it ended up being a, a kind of a. It just ended up being more of an electronic gothic kind of thing than a, than a rock band. But you know, I was listening to punk and and uh, industrial and stuff like that uh, later in high school. So you're familiar with craft. You're familiar with craft work, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, they had two drummers, but and they played electronic drums, but not not letting sequencers do it. They actually played them. They just had electronic sounds. Yeah, and, and you know, Devo actually were playing electronic drums too. Yes. They they held, they held out amplifier speakers and started banging on the backs of those or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and in a way, that's kind of like you know Charlie Christian on the electric guitar. I'm afraid I don't know who that is. I'm embarrassed already. But uh, he's the first guy to like make uh, electric guitar popular for people. Jimi Hendrix talked about him a lot. He was in Betty uh, Goodman's band. He only only two years. Tuberculosis killed him at 25. No, he's about five six years ahead of the vaccine, and it cut him short. But he's you know every, up to that point, the guitar had to be in the rhythm section with the bass and the drums and the piano and every because it was everybody against the horns right no amplified stuff so amplifiers changed everything so i think there's kind of a hybrid between like you're talking percussion but then also the electronic thing without giving way to like sequencers where you know the notes come whether you say yes or no right because it's like it's kind of like a electronic player piano with the paper with the holes in it right (laughs) yeah yeah a little bit like that yeah, yeah. So, uh, interested uh, in in your course. So, you say you and your guys. So, so what? What are these? Are friends at school? Friends, friends in the neighborhood? Yeah, for friends in school. Um, it, it was a kind of um, situational thing. It was like my my friend. Uh, I made a new friend. He moved to school, and he got it, got picked on very quickly. So, I ended up kind of. Um, befriending him and then we we became friends quickly but uh uh we ended up in this basement with another friend of ours and we were going to try to get a studio together not just a band but a studio and so it was about it was a lot more about recording i was i was going to say that because it seems like a lot of cats who get into electronics early also get in home recording early yeah i started out on my friend's uh four track uh as far as music goes, I mean, I have to say that I started out making uh, visual art mostly until about age 17. And then uh, as soon as I, I thought I discovered uh, experimental music, like nobody else had ever made it before, you know, and uh, (laughs) uh, I I just really took off when I, when I started making experimental music and uh, you know, whenever I was in a punk band or any other kind of more functional band, I was trying to stick things into fan units. I was trying to, make noise instead of um, just playing keyboards or whatever I was doing. 
right? You gave me this tune here called Phantom, a potum no file. <laughs> and I guess <laughs> yeah. it's an excerpt. So I guess it's a bigger piece. But let's let's listen to that. It's interesting.
分析するからチェーンをかけるのだ弱点を磨くから目を合わせるのだ尋問されるから眠くなるのだ苦しむからボスを高くするようになるのだ
Scott from Pedro Show. That chunk of music started off with blood, uh, blood Rhythms featuring Gitane, Dimone, and David Oakspawn. Yeah. Phantom Apotomophile. And it's an excerpt, people. Then we had a Lung with Fucked Up, Darling. Uh, Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends with Wild Annex. Uh, Jella sent me uh, out on his, uh, what's it called? Alternative Tentacle. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. DTR and Mike Watt. Oh, yeah, this is a collaboration I did with the, let's see, Head Boggle in East Bay and uh, a drummer man in uh, Ohio. Uh, yeah. A reel of the uncollected crucifixion aria on the penal peeler. Pillar. Also, the vocalist is uh, Tori from Japan. Uh, Couch. Jeff Couch was on. Uh, Rich Couch is the drummer man. He was on the show last month. God, sometimes my memory. <laughs> Senior moment, people. Sorry. Doug Wimbish have that great bass man from Connecticut. Splash from his solo album. Red and Edder Ensemble. Here's a drum man that writes fucking whole suites, symphonies and shit. And this tune, Heat, from his big piece. It's about a house. Trippy. A.E. Downs with Gold Moon. Rent Party out of Chicago with All My Life. You're Chicago, right? Yep. Okay. I was conceived there. S.W.R.M. with She Wore the Knives. They're going to do some gigs with Joe Biza with uh, Damon on the bass. Maybe uh, Dan on the trumpet, too. I can't remember. Swenson Klain out of Canada with uh, Saccharine Feathers. Father. <laughs> Saccharine Father. Sa- speaking of Saccharine Trust, huh, Joe Biza. Cinderella and I- Ice Spank Machine. That was before. Out of Vancouver. Uh, that's his friend of Jealous, too. And then finally, Blood Rhythms with Nota del Casu Marzu, or Maggot's Drag. Okay. Blood Rhythms. This is your, your, your proj. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, okay. a, it, it's like a collaborative uh, umbrella for me. Okay. Uh, I don't want to jump ahead because we're still, you're, you're with your buddy in, uh, what, 17, 18 years old? And you guys are in, in somebody else's basement? Yeah, eventually we moved up into somebody's attic and uh, tried to start a little home studio kind of thing. Uh, two friends of mine, I'll call them. Uh, one of them is uh, Infectious Rex, and the other guy is named uh, NV13. So uh, that that was um, that that was a we never really played live. We recorded a lot, but we never really released anything, and it and it just became me being more experimental and then uh, kind of making more accessible uh industrial pop kind of ex- instrumental music now this is a tri- a, this is a trio right at that time yeah it but was, uh, we, we wouldn't call it, it a power trio uh, people aren't playing traditional instruments right it was like all of us made our own music and we involved each other you know um I, i'm i'm uh curious about who, what what instruments were they self-made, like Harry Parch kind of stuff? Uh, for me, it was programming uh, with electronic devices, and eventually uh, a sequencer came into the picture. And I've I've been really stuck on this uh, Yamaha RM1X sequencer since then. I've, oh. I've owned a couple of them now. Okay. And what did the other two cats play? 
One of them was a multi-instrument, but actually they were both multi-instrumentalists. They, uh, they did guitar and bass and they could play keys too. I ended up being in another band where they taught me how to play keyboard. Uh, but it was a, it was a punk band and, uh, they just couldn't keep a drummer. Right. I'm sure you know that story. So (laughs) drummers kept quitting and I kept trying to program beats. You know, I'm not trying to make dance music. That's not what I do, but I was trying to help out like maybe it was maybe it would end up being a big black kind of thing uh, oh Steve yeah yeah well they played to a drum machine I, I tell you you know there were some guys from uh seattle called the tupperwares and they came to hollywood in the 70s and they made a band called the screamers and kk would play his trap drum kit alongside a rhythm machine yeah i love the screamers actually uh demon is regularly working with paul rosler actually, absolutely they got a band together Paul's yeah. the, I think he runs the studio, Josie Cotton studio, uh, the, the Robot Kitty or something, downtown yeah. LA. Yeah, that, that's where she recorded those vocals from that track that we did. Yeah. She's quite a singer. Much respect. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, and Paul too, great cat, great cat. I did a little project with him. What was just bass and a piano called Criminy. Made a couple of records. Uh, so, but but this thing about. Yeah, drum machines and human beings and the screamers. KK did it both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm lucky to have discovered them very early on. Uh, you know, not a lot of people have heard of them at my age in high school. You know, it was like age 18, but well, I t- let, me, uh, let me know because you know they would make records. They thought records were old fashioned. Uh, we got some demos nowadays, but. They didn't want any of that shit released. They wanted it to be a purely video band. Yeah, that, that CD uh, called A Better World came out uh, around that time. That's and that's right. how I heard of them. Right, it was, okay. uh, There's also uh, a live uh, at Target video thing. Yeah, yeah, and that's great too. But I, I never saw that early on. I saw that on YouTube later. You and, know? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, There's a great gig at uh, Mabuhay Gardens in the city too early on. And, uh, yeah, I was a huge fan of Screamers. Uh, you know, I got to see them play many times. They're probably the first band that could sell out the Whiskey and Go-Go in West Hollywood. And they had no wow. guitar. See, this is the idea. When you say punk, you know, that's why I said more of a state of mind because there really was no uh, monolith image of what a punk band was. It was like whatever you got up on stage. Yeah, and uh, that that's kind of how I levitated, gravitated towards uh, a little bit more of the industrial stuff. But um, and, yeah, and, and totally there was bands early on stuff. like that. Uh, in fact, they were called uh, their label was Industrial Records, Throb and Gristle. Yeah, and I actually incidentally, right before our phone call, I didn't even know that you toured with Flipper. Flipper was a big influence too. Yeah, I uh, helped those guys out. Beautiful, getting to play. I love Brother Ted. Steve and their music is, yeah. Well, Minutemen got to play with them, you know, 40-something years ago. <laughs> That's a trip. Right, cool. But uh, there was another great band in, in the scene that was kind of in between uh, electronic. Uh, in fact, they called themselves synth punk. They were called Nervous Gender. You ever hear them? I they sure came, did. Yeah. They came yeah, out of great. East L.A. Yeah, really good band. In fact, the Germs drummer, Don Bowles, joined them later. At first, they yeah. had like an eight, nine-year-old drummer from Sweden. He got deported. Oh, uh, that was actually a drummer early on? That yeah. early stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The trippy Ben. Uh, but, you know, I, coming from Arena Rock, which was me, right? 
we graduated high school in 76, so we're right in the perfect place. And that's the way I see it. I see the movement as an antidote to arena rock because all these little details we're talking about, you couldn't see that some big old fucking Enormadone clown show, you know? And, 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 and in a way, it was us finding out about it again because, you know, helping the Stooges out, I found out in the 60s there was all kinds of club culture. It just got lost for a few years in the 70s with that arena rock shit, kind of Nuremberg rally shit. So <laughs> that, that's the way I look at it, and that's why I don't look at it as just playing guitar really fast. That's something that came in the early 80s with hardcore and stuff, but that was only one angle, and nothing against that either. I, you know, I love it. I, I love it all. Well, if I can give you a little insight, what, what actually happened was uh, I, I sat down to try to uh, lear- learn music with my friends and, and sort of be their percussion backing uh, because I couldn't be a drummer. I felt responsible. You know, I couldn't practice anywhere and we didn't have a practice space. So what ended up happening eventually was they, they I was I was given LSD and uh, <laughs> uh, I, I just ended up playing with these electribe rhythm machines for, I think, seven hours or something. It was just rhythms. And, and I don't mean dance music. It was just loops of different electronic sounds and one of them had an input where we would stick a tape recorder into the the rhythm machine so we can play with the patterns of the input so if we recorded something to tape that was rhythmic we could manipulate the rhythms on on these rhythm machines so it was not just a synthesizer or a drum machine but it was also kind of a a real-time sampler or something like that it was it was weird but, yeah, it, what you're saying is it, it was that, uh, dynamic, so it could change and change. It wasn't static. Yeah, and, and it it got so so the patterns got so engaging that if you switch something, it would be like switching a different light on. Like it, it would get brighter if uh, if things if things changed in a good way, you know. Sure, sure. So sort of like tri- tribal drumming or something like that. It was just this kind of trance like. And so that's that's really where I where I started and, and where I have stayed pretty much musically is uh, a, a kind of rhythmic experimental music. And uh, what about performance wise? Do you uh, can you remember your first performance doing this kind of music? Uh, yeah, it, it was in two thousand three. It was a house show. Um, I. There, there, it was it was funny because everybody else was in a regular regular rock band, but uh, I'm not sure what they were doing for vocals, but uh, I don't remember. But what they did for me was they had me played through two really really big amplifiers. Uh, I think they were both bass amplifiers, and I, I cleared the whole house. Everybody left. <laughs> it was really really loud. Um, what I, what I actually did was I I played a bunch of applause sounds through my sequencer. So if you didn't have the distortion, it would just be clapping sounds or roaring sounds, just generic sounds. But when you played it through all those speakers, through the big speakers, it was just like brutally loud. And I didn't know anything about harsh noise at the time. It was basically harsh noise. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It was also your first gig. So you can only have your first gig once. That's beautiful. Arvo, we're at the end of the first hour, July 17, 2023. Just what, Pete or so? Type fire two. July 17, 2023, second hour, Watch for Pedro Show.
Watch for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with Vode. Vode. With Leslie Keffer. We were talking about this uh, off-air people. Uh, Psychic Silver. After that, Damon Smith. He's going to be torn with uh, Joe Biza, like I said. Ron Kalam, Bob Moses duo. Speaking Windows. Then Ray Shin out of Reno. With uh, We'll Always Have Niagara Falls. Or like my Italian brothers say, Niagara. <laughs> the Face. This is from Blood Rhythms. Featuring Mike Weiss, Bruce Lamont, and Dave Phillips. So, a few tunes I've played now from uh, Blood Rhythms. So, when, when, when does this evolution come? Well, Blood Rhythm started in 2010 after I had been kind of putting together these like ramshackle ensembles before that. And uh, it didn't have a band name at the time uh, in, until I just decided to, to make one. But um, the, it, it, the, 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 the ensembles before that were basically, I just put together a bunch of people with brass instruments and we just blared horns. We, we tried to make drone music at the time. I tried to get them to make drone music, but everybody kind of just did their own thing, solos or whatever. And um, it was good, but um, eventually it evolved to like scrap metal. And, uh, you know, my friend had a car, car parts and stuff like that. But uh, are you are, are you hip to the guy? We, we lost him. Zev? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I co-released a collaboration he did with Illusion of Safety um, 2022. Man, that that cat was bitching, man. I saw him in the 70s, late 70s, and his gigs were, they were experiences, let me tell you. He was almost killed by his shit. <laughs> yeah, I only saw him doing electronic stuff um, before he passed, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, I missed all of his metal stuff. But yeah, yeah he, 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 he was a nice have guy. It, uh, uh, he'd have He'd have it suspended, hanging, you know. So this shit was in motion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I say. I, I listened to Blake Edwards' interview with you. Yes. Uh, not too, he, like not too long before this, and uh, right, he's brother a Blake. Of mine, and uh, I had all his. I had all the recordings that he released uh, with with Zev on you know, uns and, and stuff like that. Yeah, you uh, know, brother Blake took care of Zev in his last days. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Really beautiful. Um, really beautiful. So, uh, so y- 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 we're heading towards the evolution of blood rhythms, right? What happens? Okay, so it, it started out being just kind of a drone brass ensemble, and uh, we eventually made it into a kind of a full band thing. There was points where we did four drummers at the same time, and the whole brass ensemble kind of thing uh blood rhythms became a more formal way to present that stuff um then in the face that that particular track came to me sort of like a bolt of lightning when i was on the way to a show i actually took my gear into the sound booth and uh programmed a new piece beyond the one that i had already prepared or whatever uh and i i did it on the spot the lyrics came to me like on the train on the spot it was it was not improvised it, it, it came to me like a download, you know, in my brain, a bolt of lightning, and I performed it. But I didn't, uh, I didn't get to perform it the first time because there was a dog barking at me. There was actually a dog in this in in, in the performance space, and the dog was going to bite my damn head off if I kept screaming. So, 
Well, so it was. Uh, but you list these. Other, you list these other four cats. Three, yeah, three guys. A, three guys. I'm we sorry. Did a, yeah, we did a studio record. Uh, I performed the piece solo initially. Oh, you're talking record. about the first time you played it, the live performance, and then you go into the studio. Okay, I understand. Yeah, we we did it with a lot of people. We did it with in 2015. We did it with uh, four drummers and four brass people. Uh, I, I mean that that piece, along with the others that are on the record, that's uh, it's called Civil War. Yeah. Those pieces were were done live from 2010 to 2016. Like those only only those four pieces over and over again. When I toured by myself or when I was with a group in Chicago. Okay, uh, you gave me this track called Fuck. <laughs> Let's listen. <laughs> <laughs>
is for sale and remains on sale until we stop buying into him. Material access means nothing to spiritual flesh. Mortal bodies search for meaning by degrading everything they touch for profit. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside. Inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. The only possibility of knowing God lives in a rare moment of deep connection. When we catch the soul of another at just the right angle, the light finally hits us, then we begin to see what was there all along. There is nothing to say to give you this sight, but when the rare moment comes, remember. Remember the words that have no sounds, the words that hold all meaning. It is the intimate communication that will bring about transformation. Lock eyes when you release. In silence, repeat after me. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. spoken words are living beings coming forth from a breath 
at the tips of our tongue. Learning to speak it causes you to become divine. The real revolution starts from within and completes itself as total communion, overcoming the boundaries between us, revealing the sacred to be a shared experience, reminiscent of a past we can't remember, but we know exists. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only living words here coming from the inside coming inside you will only find living words here coming from the inside coming inside you will only find living words here coming from the inside coming inside you will only find living words here coming from the inside coming inside you will only find living words here coming from the inside coming inside you will only find living words here coming from the inside coming inside you will only find living words here you will only find living words here coming from the inside, coming inside. You will only find living words here, vital speech about inner life, a penetrating voice coming from the inside, coming inside. Watch for Pedro Show, that chunk of music started off with Arvo Zylo. Notice it ain't Blood Rhythms, people, this is his name. And it's called Fuck, and in parentheses it's asterisk, and then it says zero four. Then we had... Uh, Live stream of Three Days Domino Noise University on March 15, 2023. Encore Jam and Victoria Shen, Tenko, Dora Video, Makoto Kawabata, Tetsuya Nakamura. Nakamura, sorry. Domanessa. Chuck Johnson after that with Letters from the Addict. And then finally, Broad Rhythms featuring Joan Pope doing Living Words. Okay, hip as to fuck, brother Arvo. <laughs> so uh, my, my first um, proper release, I don't know, it was a CDR. It was the first one that I did that wasn't uh, really, really handmade. It was instead it was Xeroxed and, you know, spray painted or whatever. But it was the first proper CDR that I did in 2004 
and the track titles were just fuck asterisk one, fuck asterisk two, fuck asterisk three. Um, it, it was it was sort of like the idea was to avoid track titles, but I don't like untitled. Untitled didn't do the job for me. It was sort of like this. A lot of that stuff was recorded when I was living in a closet. So it was, you know, I was, yeah, I was an insomniac and I was living in a closet. I, uh, I was living in an abandoned house actually a lot of the time. Uh, you were living in the closet. You were living in the closet of an abandoned house. It was the only place that, uh, rats didn't get to. Yeah. (laughs) Damn. Uh, Okay. So in a way, this was kind of a document of a moment in your life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Between 2001 and 2004, that's when that stuff was created. But uh, there was a period of time where I was pretty prolific because I couldn't sleep at all. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's that's most of that stuff. Um, it, it was like I would work on it for 27 hours straight, maybe sleep an hour if I was lucky, and go back to it, you know. And this is but, before Blood Rhythms. Definitely, yeah. Okay. Uh, 2001 to 2003-ish, and I recorded it in early 2004. Okay, tell me about this collab with Joe, Joan Pope. Uh, Joan Pope is a person I have a great deal of respect for. She's a collage artist and a experimental musician. She she makes a little bit more uh, danceable stuff sometimes, too, but it's with the, with the intention of trance, like getting into trances, I think. It's, it's more psychedelic than it is dance music like dancing music but um she 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 and i uh, sort of connected briefly just because she's got she's got a lot of her spoken word stuff uh just out there uh anybody anybody can collaborate with her if they find the right album that she did where it's basically spoken word and it says there you can collaborate with her and i had already been in touch with her so i said you know i I really would like to work with this stuff if that's okay with you and so that's that's kind of how that worked out. Uh, I used four different pieces that she had already recorded, and um, I, I cut it up and arranged it in a way that it had a a sort of narrative that wasn't there before. Uh-huh. But yeah, she does a project called Temple of Saturn, and um, it's it's kind of popular compared to me anyway. It's more popular than my stuff. But, you know um, what? This is a lot for Pedro show. That parameter does not fit. <laughs> You know, I like I like people let the freak flag fly, and then you count what sells after. That's me too. I I I I do the work and then figure it out later. Yeah, but because I, you know, people who try to pick uh, next week's hits, it's usually them trying to revive last week's hits, and and there's no growth in that shit. That's just some kind of like, uh, I don't know. It just it seems kind of corrupt to me. I really only value intuition uh, in terms of experimental music. There's like two reasons I make experimental music. One of them is, is a sort of, let's call it transcendent or meditative or something where you can kind of space out a bit and lose whatever you had before, whether it's cathartic or not, is up to someone else. Yeah. And then the other, the other reason I do things, oh man, I forgot. No, I'm just kidding. It's, well, no. it's sort of a, like vicarious ecstatic. Uh, I don't want to call it ecstasy, but like uh, no ecstatic, ecstatic. like a, like a whirling dervish. Yeah, like like a, I'll call it ecstasicity, like being ecstatic, like somebody somebody banging on a bunch of pots and pans. You know, if they're really into it, I can get into it. But if they're not into it, I probably wouldn't respond to it as well. You know, right? That, that, 
that that's really what I do it for. Um, it, it's it's I don't even know what to do with it as far as like selling it anymore. But uh, that, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing it. You know, keep on keeping on. Look right there, <laughs> hour two there, July seventeenth, twenty twenty three. This Watt Pedro show special guest Harville Zylo. Hold tight for hour three. July 17, 2023, it's the third hour of the Watford Pedro Show.
Watford Pedro Show started off the third hour with Blood Rhythms featuring Bruce Lamont, Dave Purdy, and Brian Klein. And the tune, Cutter Magnolia's People, it's an excerpt. So you can imagine the whole enchilada, right? After that, Tobacco with Welcome to Pittsburgh. Blood Rhythms with Leslie Keffer. Goodness gracious. Leslie Keffer, uh, now you, you give me two uh, collabs that you've done with her. We're listening to this show. Uh, what's the connect with her? I met her in, I think, 2003, maybe 2005, something like that. But I think it was earlier than that. Uh, and, and we never really connected that much. But eventually uh, we reconnected and started talking. And it's it's uh, during the pandemic we started talking online. And uh, she uh, helped me. She has a, a, a healing technique that she uses remotely and she actually helped me recover from long COVID to the degree that I could anyway. I still have long COVID, but, uh, I'm, I'm doing much, much better than I was before. So she would work on me every day and I, and we would also work on, uh, drone music. Cause that's really where I'm at right now is, uh, like microscopic obsession with certain sounds. So, uh, for example, she did mantras. She did Buddhist mantras, and she sang uh, those in a repetitive fashion. And I just worked on them in a way that um, it's like a like a, like tectonic plates shifting or something. It's just constantly moving, but it's a linear kind of monolithic structure. It, it, I don't like it to be called minimal because I'm never minimal in anything that I do. But one of the things that I do is kind of fail. Uh, I fail at everything, and. Uh, one example of that is uh, I was, you know, told that recording engineers or mixing engineers will like layer things like 97 guitars or something. And, and <laughs> so when I got that in my head, I was trying to do this mixing stuff when I was in a different band and I was trying to layer stuff like 97 guitars or whatever. And uh, it was a complete failure as far as regular music goes. But I, I it became one of my main methods and interests in, in arranging, you know, soundscapes or whatever and so that's what i was doing with leslie's voice for for that later one okay and, 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 and last hour we did one too uh uh psychic silver yeah that that's me with sheet metal and um sheet metal and i also scraped a bunch of toolbox i, I scraped a bunch of cookie cutters around in the bottom of a toolbox uh i, I also play with a symbol uh with with the the cookie cutters and with some forks and just some banging is involved. I banged on the toolbox a lot. So I sent her all that source material and she arranged it. I'm, I sent you a couple of things that she actually finished uh, just to give credit where it's due. I mean, she's a very talented person. Uh, a lot of the time with blood rhythms, I'm finishing everything, but um, with her, it was a collaboration and that's why Vogue was necessary because it needed its own space to, for she and I to work together rather than blood rhythms having this narrative of kind of like a revolving door collective kind of thing. Yeah. Um, me, me and Leslie are more of a unit as far as Vogue goes now. So that it's, it's, it's Se- not separate from blood rhythm, separate from Arvo Zilo. Like, like the, the next two tracks we're going to play, they're both under your name, Arvo Zilo. Yeah. Yeah. So those would be solo. There's nobody else on. Okay. Let's listen to Upheaval version 93. Was You mean there's 92 versions before this one? <laughs> there's 100 total. Yeah, the last one, the last one is four hours long. <laughs> Criminy. Yes. Okay, let's listen.
Watch for Pedro Show. Last music for this edition. Chunk started off with Arville Zylo doing Upheaval version 93. Took 92 versions to get to there, people, and there were seven after. Pretty interesting. Then we had the Born Shitsters out of Fukuoka, Japan, doing Pay to Wank. Maybe it's a joke on uh, Bad Brain first single. And finally, Arvo Zylo, Deadbeat Deluxe. You know, for a while, there was a Hollywood punk band called uh, Deadbeats, and Paul Rossler was in it. It was these two brothers, oh. two or three brothers. Yeah. That I did not know. That's yeah, they cool. turned into a band called Bent, but they were very trippy. Very trippy. Played, uh, uh, drummer would set up with one of the brothers. He set up on the side sideways and they had interesting uh meters and uh, uh rhythms and counter rhythms and stuff uh so uh, about what era was this for you these uh uh pieces under your own name here upheaval and deadbeat deluxe okay well uh upheaval was a series uh see that that series started because i was doing a compilation track in 2005 i sent it to this it was a supposed Dadaist label. They called themselves a Dadaist label, and uh, they did a compilation. I sent them the track, and I told them what it was, and what it was, uh, it, it was me sampling Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey and you know uh, Aretha Franklin and stuff like that. I was sampling them holding high notes or, or sustained high notes, and uh, I did a drone that way, uh, but you know nobody would know that unless I told them, but they told me they didn't want to do that because of copyright issues or something so i every time i was from that point on every time i had the opportunity to be on a, a compilation i i just did another version of upheaval and sent it to them because <laughs> you know they wouldn't know about the copyright issues and whatnot right. so yeah yeah it, it ended up being on a couple of full-length releases though that, that was one of them uh there were two full-length releases that people just uh Timbal Tapes put out the first full length where they just asked me to work with minimal sound. And I told them I already have this kind of narrative going on. And they, you know, they, they released the first full length. And then I, I thought I would have the final full length done with 93 through 99. Yeah. But I, I ended up working with a net label. And so if it was going to be on the Internet only, I did I did one that was four hours long. So that was the final one. And what about Deadbeat Deluxe? Now, that's from a, the sequencer stuff I, I worked on between 2000 and 2010 or so primarily. And uh, that's from a full length called 333 that uh, I worked on for about six years. Uh, it, it was this. Yeah. It, it, uh, every time I played live solo for that period of time, um, it, it was me programming for about 27 hours straight. And uh <laughs> going straight to the venue when I was done. Yeah. So every time I played a show, I revised a lot of this material or I created something completely new, but usually I created something completely new. Anyway, long story short, this stuff is a lot of, it's a lot of malfunction and uh, there are glitches involved that make this stuff, the, the, the beats go really off kilter. Uh, my friend called it a deadbeat deluxe because he uh, couldn't dance to it basically. So that was, <laughs> Yeah. So what is next for you, Arvo? There will be a box set of uh, stuff that I didn't put out yet. Like uh, between 2012 and 2020, there's some stuff I didn't put out yet. Uh, and some stuff on my label that's coming out. Um, 
a lathe between myself and Leslie is in production right now. We we did a, we're going to do a lathe record. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. This is Vode, so, right? Yeah, Vode. Yeah, yeah. Vode is going to have a actually a double lathe, but it'll be single sided. There'll be two single sided lathes meant for two turntables at the same time. Oh wow, interesting. Yeah. In in, in this uh, box set, it's going to be uh, Blood Rhythms. Yep. Um, it's going to have a 12-inch lathe, four CDRs, and four cassettes, uh, plus some art, stuff like that. Yeah. Now, is there a place on the Internet that listeners can go to to find out more about your music? That would be nopartofit.bandcamp.com. That's my uh, label, No Part of It. Okay, No Part of It. That's a good name. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, and this stuff is, you've got, since it's uh, stuff from what? 2012 to 2020 so uh older stuff you got it all together is it coming out real soon it's going to be hard to tell it's going to be in a laser etched wooden box and we're still trying to sort all that out um we're also trying to sort out how to ship art uh that's very easily breakable Uh, (laughs) well i I think that's neat because in a way you know because right this digital zeros and ones thing Versus like having actual works of art, you know, that's really interesting. Yeah, we're we're doing um, the the assembly record that Cutter Magnolias came out on. That that had all all handmade art. There was handmade collages on every single copy of that one. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm going with it. Uh, the the music is 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 good, but it, it's kind of about intuition for me, uh, being being visual and audio and anything else you know physical if i can oh yeah great you know when the box set comes out can i invite you back on the show we can play and uh, stuff from it and talk about it i would be absolutely honored that'd be great okay i got a tour coming up so sometime in later in the fall maybe i hope it's out by then that'd be great okay. if it was out well, by I'll, then. I'll be patient i'll wait remember what <laughs> mr wells learned us no wine before it's time <laughs> okay <laughs> big honor to have you aboard arvo thank you so much can't wait to have you back, truly. People, thank you. Have a great tour. Yeah, thank you so much. People, July 17, 2023, you just want Peter, so keep your power.